Hi there, welcome to Glenlyden Baptist Church's podcast network. We're glad you can join us today. If you'd like more information on the church, please visit us on our website, www.gebc.org.nz. We hope you enjoy the pod. Kia ora tato. Ko kaori te monga. Ko na waiora o te araki te awa. No tamaki aho. Ko Malvo Toku Fano, Ko Lily Toku Ingoa. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just want to give this space up to you. I just pray that you would speak to us today as we look at the book of Romans, that we would learn more about you and just that your spirit would touch us and that you just go with us into our weeks. So we give this space to you and ask that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. Amen. Kia ora everyone. So today we're going to be continuing our series of Romans, looking at Romans chapter 7, which delves deeper into God's law. I think we can all agree that there are a few laws in the Old Testament that many of us don't necessarily follow today. In the book of Leviticus chapter 19, we read that we shouldn't wear clothing made from two different types of material. We also shouldn't plant two different types of seed in our field. And this one is quite interesting. It says, do not trim your beard. <laughs> I've also heard, this one is a classic. It says, do not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. A couple months ago, I came across a book that looked at some of the laws around the world that are still in place today. Did you know that in England and in Wales, it is illegal to handle a salmon under suspicious circumstances? So I'm not exactly sure how they would determine if if the circumstance was suspicious or not, but it's still a law. And in Arizona, in the US, it is illegal to let your pet donkey sleep in your bathtub, which is oddly specific. In Rome and Italy, it is illegal to have only one goldfish in your fishbowl. You must have at least two. And I quite like this one. In Samoa, it is illegal to forget your wife's birthday. (laughs) So... The point is that there are a lot of laws around us, past and present, and some of them may seem a little bit strange to us or maybe even irrelevant, but they are nonetheless still laws. And there is one law in particular that we are going to be talking about today, God's law. In Romans chapter 7, Paul is talking about God's law. The law that was given to Moses, which includes the Ten Commandments, among other laws. In fact, there was 613 commandments that the Israelites received through Moses. But as we read in the Old Testament, the Israelites continued to disobey God's law again and again. And as we see and experience in our own lives today, we too continue to disobey God's law again and again? How many times 
a day do we catch ourselves caving to the temptation of sin. Perhaps we're quick to judge someone at our school or workplace. Maybe we let our anger control us when things don't go away. Or maybe we struggle with putting God first in our lives as the things of this world vie for our attention. I think we can all relate that trying to follow God's law on our own is incredibly difficult and frustrating. So one of the things I love but find challenging about Romans 7 is that Paul is incredibly honest about his own experiences and struggle with sin, but he offers us the hope of Jesus Christ. Paul begins chapter 7 by discussing how we have died to the law, as he says in Romans 7 verse 4. So, my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. As Paul writes this, he is referring to our spiritual transformation through Christ dying on the cross. Through this, we are no longer bound to the law. As I was doing the research for my sermon, I came across a line from Douglas J. Moo's commentary on Romans, and he writes, If Christians are to be free from sin, they must therefore also be taken out from under the law's biding authority. This is what Paul is communicating to the church in Rome and to us today, that when we believe Christ died for us, we die with him to our old selves and with that to God's law so that we are no longer under the authority of God's law, but under the authority of Ihu Kraiti, Jesus Christ. Paul writes in Romans 7, verse 6, But now, by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law, so that we may serve in the new way of the Spirit, and not in the old way of the written code. Through Jesus Christ, we are born into a new way of living that serves Jesus, not through God's law, but through God's spirit. But Paul makes it clear that we are not to disregard God's law, as we may be led to believe. For in Romans 7, verse 7, Paul writes, What shall we say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not. God's law is not sinful. God's law is good. Even though we have died to God's law through Jesus, it's important for us to understand why God's law is good. Because through this, we can see the relevance of God's law to our lives today. Firstly, the law is good because it reveals God's character to us. I was at a wedding last weekend, and in one of the speeches that was said, the person continued to refer to God as a God of love. 
And God's character of love is reflected all through the Bible. We see in the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verse 34 to 38, that God's law reveals him as a loving God. As Jesus is asked by one of the Pharisees, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replies, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. God's greatest commandment is to love him and to love one another, beautifully revealing God's loving nature to us. And through this, we are shown how God wants us to live our lives. Secondly, Paul explains that the law is good because it reveals our sin to us. In Romans 7 verse 7, Paul is describing to the church in Rome how the law showed him his sin, as he writes. Nevertheless, I would not have known what sin was had it not been for the law. For I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had said, you shall not covet. Here, Paul reflects on how God's law revealed to him the seriousness of our sin, just as it does for us today. I feel this is a somber verse, but in showing us our sin, the law shows us that we can never fully obey God's law and therefore that we need Jesus. The law is good because it shows us God's loving nature and how God wants us to live and reveals to us our sin, that therefore we need Jesus. The reason why we need Jesus is because the law has its limitations. God's law can point us to where we need to be, to how God wants us to live. But the law alone cannot bring us salvation. And it's powerless to help us obey it. As Averbeck says, the law has never had the power to change a human heart. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. A couple years ago, a friend and I wanted to go to a beach during the summer. And because none of us had our licenses at the time, we decided to walk. We would use Google Maps to show us the best way to walk from Titirangi village to French Bay. It was all going well. We were just following the directions of Google Maps. Until Google Maps tells us to take this path to the left of us. And when we looked to find this path, all we could see was bush. And my friend is pointing out that clearly there's no path here. But I am determined to follow these Google Maps. So I start crashing through this bush, searching for this mystery path. But all I can see is dense bush that eventually backs onto someone's property. Clearly, we are in the wrong place. So the thing with Google Maps is that it can show you the right way to go. It can give you extremely 
clear directions, but it can't physically get you to your destination. Google Maps could show me how to get to French Bay, but it couldn't physically get me there. And the law of God is a little bit like this too. It can point us in the way that God wants us to live our lives, but it cannot bring us salvation because no matter how hard we try, we cannot fully obey God's law. God's law alone cannot bring us salvation. Additionally, the law has its limitations because sin uses the law to tempt us into breaking it. In the recent school holidays, I volunteered as a leader at a kids' camp at Kerry Park in Henderson Valley. And Brooke, who was the camp coordinator at the camp, told us leaders a story about these two boys who came to camp once. And at kids' camp, we have these five culture statements, or rules, if you'd like, to encourage positive behavior in our campers, such as at kids' camp, we are kind to everyone. And these two boys saw these culture statements not as rules they had to abide by, but as a challenge to see how much they could get away with. <laughs> At kids' camp, you receive two warnings before further action has to be taken. These two boys thought that if they broke each culture statement twice, then they could get away with breaking the rules but not get into serious trouble. In our lives, sin tempts us to do the same. Sin tricks us into seeing God's law, not as something we have to obey, but as a challenge. We read in Genesis chapter 3 about the fall of mankind, when Adam and Eve disobeyed God by eating the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Genesis 3, verse 2 to 5 reads, The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat it from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Sin uses God's law to trick us. We think we will be better off when we follow our own way. We tell ourselves, if I just follow along with making fun of this person, I'll finally fit in. I know God's telling me not to apply for this job, but it just seems so perfect for me. I think God's telling me to take this next step, but I'm too afraid of what people will think of me. How many of us can relate? The law is supposed to show us the way God wants us to live, but sin uses the law to tempt us into breaking it. The hard thing about this is that sin is part of our human nature from when Adam and Eve sinned 
as we just read. Sin entering humankind is often described as the sin disease, as sin infects each and every person. It is something we're all born with and we all struggle with. In Romans chapter 7, verse 14, Paul compares us to being slaves to sin. As he writes, We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. Paul then goes on to reflect on his personal struggle with sin in Romans 7, verse 15, which I feel is a reflection of our own struggles in life. He writes, I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. Let's just unpack this for a moment, as this verse is a little bit of a tongue twister. Paul is saying here that he knows and agrees with the law of God. He wants to obey the law of God, but he doesn't. And as a people who love and follow God, we too want to do what is pleasing to God. We want to honor him with our lives. But just like Paul, we don't. Why? Because we are slaves to sin. Our sinful nature traps us in the continuous cycles of sin. The law has its limitations because sin uses the law to trick us into disobeying God, and the law cannot bring us salvation. But we have to remember, it is not the law's fault that we sin. It is our sinful nature that causes us to sin. In Romans 7, we have learned that God's law is good. It reveals God's loving character to us and shows us how he wants us to live. And it also reveals to us the seriousness of our sin. But the law also has its limitations. The law is good, but it cannot bring us salvation because we will never be able to fully fulfill the law as we are all infected with sin. The law was designed to give life but the consequence for disobeying the law is death. Now, if Paul finished the book of Romans there, well, I'd say it'd be a pretty gloomy end. But thankfully, Paul doesn't end there. He offers us the hope of Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 8, verse 1 to 2, we read, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Because of Christ Jesus, we are no longer under the authority of, of the law that showed us our sin and condemned us. We have been set free. 
Because as Jesus came to earth, lived a perfect life, and died on the cross, he fulfilled God's law. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, we read, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Through this, we don't need to try and fulfill God's law ourselves and follow a list of rules to receive salvation. Jesus is the one who brings us salvation. And because Jesus has defeated the power of sin, we are free to live by the Holy Spirit through whom we can live out the intention of the law to love God and to love others. Can I just invite the worship team to come up now? Through Jesus and the Holy Spirit, God has done what the law could not do. So what does this mean for us today? I think it's easy to get caught up trying to follow God's law to earn our salvation. But Jesus invites us to a new way of life. One where we can dance in the freedom of salvation that his blood has brought for us. This doesn't mean that we disregard God's law, but we have the Holy Spirit to help us live out the law through God, through loving God and loving others. Through this, the condemnation we once faced is replaced with salvation. Let's pray. Kiato kiatato kato, te atafai o te tato ariki a ihu karaiti. Me te aroha o te atua, me te fifi natahitanga ki te wairoa tapu, ake, ake, ake. Amene. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all forever and ever. Amen. And as we sing this final song, I want to invite you to reflect upon the way that because we no longer face condemnation, Jesus invites us to freely come to him, to freely surrender to him. Thank you. Thanks again for joining with us today. If you'd like to know more information on the church or reach out to one of the pastors, please visit our website www.gebc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day.